We are in a series. Oh, it's supposed to say welcome. Welcome to uh, Keys Vineyard Community Church. I forget what I'm doing sometimes. We're glad you're with us. We're in a series uh, that we're continuing on today, Meals with Jesus. We're going to do this week and next week I'm going to end up this series. Um, and uh, I, I hope you've enjoyed it. I've had a lot of fun doing this series. Um, I, I think some things are going to connect for everybody today. I hope they will. Uh, in in uh, some of the things that we do and some of the things that we're talking about. We are in this series primarily looking at the Gospel of Luke and we, um, uh, we're seeing how often um, he's at a meal. Jesus is at a meal. Luke records Jesus being at a meal or on his way to a meal or just coming from a meal and it's really the theme of the Gospel of Luke when you see it that way and, it's, uh, and so it's, it's uh, fascinating to see. And the stuff that we're talking about is how we can see the grace of God in these meals, because Jesus, fully God, fully man, welcomes everyone to the table. He invites people to come and share a meal with him. And from, you know, the entire spectrum of people, we've seen it happen from the considered the worst of the worst, the tax collectors, um, and, you know, the, the, the people who consider themselves the best of the best, the Pharisees and the multitudes, everybody was invited to the table. Significant uh, part of, of Jesus' mission and it's a, a constant picture of the grace of God that he had come inviting people into relationship with him. That's what's happening at the meals. It's a picture of that relationship that's available to them with God himself and the way he's restoring it. And so we have spent all these weeks looking at all these different meals that happened and things that we learned in the process and how he was dealing with, with the tax collectors and how he was dealing with the Pharisees. And, and through it all, he was inviting them into relationship with him. It was a, it was a kingdom message uh, and Jesus, you know, talking about the kingdom and, and uh, demonstrating the kingdom among them and then showing them how they could find their way into the kingdom as well. And I've said to you throughout this series that before Jesus ever picked up the cross, he picked up a fork and things started changing. And so last week we started looking um, uh, at a meal that took place after the crucifixion and resurrection. And I think it was important that we saw that the meals continued after the crucifixion and resurrection, because they certainly do. And we're going to see sort of the second part of that meal, but another meal nonetheless that happens still um, after the resurrection. And I want to tie in some of the stuff from last week. So that's where we're headed. Always a bad joke here in this time, this transition time, I call it, before we get to the message. Oh, what did they give the guy who invented the door knocker? A Nobel Prize. Thank you very much. Okay. I have another one, but it's so bad I decided I can't share it. So, we're pressing on. I'll just leave you guessing. Scripture reading here on purpose out of Luke chapter 24, beginning in verse 36. While they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. He said to them, Why are you troubled, and why do, you, um, why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and feet, as I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones, as you see I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and feet. And while they still did not believe it because of joy and amazement, he asked them, Do you have anything here to eat? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it, and he ate it in their presence. He said to them, This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. And then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, this is what is written. The Christ will suffer 
and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I am going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. Blessed be the word of the Lord. Now, if you were here last week, or even if you weren't, let me tell you what happened last week. Um, um, and, and so, uh, Clopas, or Cleopas, depending on which one of those versions you want to take, is, is walking back with another disciple. And I've said to you, we're not sure who the other disciple is, but I think it's a strong possibility it was his wife. And if you look in the Gospel of John, you'll find um, one of the Marys was married to Clopas, and she had been there at the crucifixion. Uh, and um, if this is indeed the same guy, then it, it could be very possible that he and his wife, or at this point, they had left Jerusalem, if you remember last week, and they were walking back to Emmaus, uh, a seven-mile journey to their village. And um, on the journey, they were accompanied by a man who they didn't know at first, uh, and, and they had this discussion, and he walked with them, and they invited them into their home. When they sat down to dinner, when he broke bread, they recognized that it was Jesus, and then he disappeared. And so they, they were, you know, impacted, as you can imagine. Jesus had been at the table and been with them the whole time, and then he had disappeared. And I left it last week where they had hustled back that seven miles, and, and my guess was they walked it one way and they ran it the other. Just a guess. But I, they hustled back because they'd just seen Jesus and he had just disappeared. Pretty big deal. That kind of stuff will get your adrenaline going. And uh, whoop, off they went. So, and, and so uh, they rush back to Jerusalem and they join up with their other disciples and they tell them everything that was going on. And this week, uh, you, we sort of picked it up there in our scripture reading in verse 36. While they were still talking about this, these two, Clopas and whoever the other one was, um, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. Huge deal. Um, and again, you know, I always encourage you to think about what it would have been like to be there. And remember, everything they're experiencing, the disciples, um, all of their hopes had been sort of dashed. They, they were sure that Jesus was going to reestablish the political kingdom uh, um, and restore them to the, the glory days of David. And, and when he had died, they, they just couldn't fathom it. Even though he had been telling them it was going to happen, it was so far out of their paradigm that they just couldn't accept it. And basically they figured it was over, they were done, and they, they, they didn't even know what to do at this point. And they were kind of hiding, and I imagine they were grieving. Um, this was a huge situation. So uh, Jesus appears in the room. From the other Gospels, we find out the doors were locked and stuff. Jesus comes into the room. I, I thought about it. I'd love to have a big discussion about the resurrected body of Jesus and, and uh, how it had some of the characteristics it had before. But now it was so much more real than it used to be. It could move through walls because the resurrected body was bigger than, and more real than a wall. But um, that's a different topic for a different day even though I just sort of worked it in. But nonetheless, uh, uh, Jesus shows up and he says, peace be with you. And then he teaches them, all of the disciples, the things that he was explaining in detail to Clopas and his friend, or whoever it was on the road to Emmaus, about his suffering and resurrection and how it was foretold in Scripture. And, and so he picks it up in verse 44 through 46. He said to them, this is why, uh, what I told you while I was still with you. And then he says, I was with you and told you these things. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms. And then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. And he told them, this is what is written. 
that Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. Now, the first thing I want to talk about in, you know, in your notes, although I've already talked about quite a few things, is that I think that there's a very interesting pattern that's developed in these post-resurrection meals. So, if you remember from last week, Luke 24, 30, uh, well, when he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? So what I want you to see from last week is that the disciples came together, Jesus joined them, the scriptures were read and explained, and then they had a meal, they broke bread, at which point Jesus would recognize that's what happened last week. Now, compare that with what happens this week. And then, you know, the next thing that happens. Uh, verse 41. And while they still not didn't believe it because of their joy and amazement, he asked them, do you have anything here to eat? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it, and he ate it in their presence. And he said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. So this week, in this, it, what just happens in this encounter, they gather together, the two from last week, with all the other disciples. To everyone's amazement, Jesus is with them. There is further discussion about the scriptures, and they share another meal together. Now, that's, okay, where are you going with this, Steve? All right, look at what happens in the very first chapter of Acts. So it's still Luke, as he continues on in this story in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. After his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. And here, what happens again is that the followers of Jesus gather together, Jesus joins them, they hear from the scriptures, and they share a meal. They break bread once again. Now, second point. This continues... This pattern continues with the early church. Let's look at Acts chapter 2, beginning in verse, uh, verse 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They were teaching all that Jesus had, you know, what he had taught them. And to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many works, uh, wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. Verse 46. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts... They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So here's what happens. Uh, throughout the Gospel of Luke, we've seen Jesus really being central in these meals. It was all about these meals that he was having. I've talked to you about all that these meals meant and how they were a picture of relationship and how the people were being invited to the table and how he would teach them um, at these meals and how everyone was invited to these meals. And then, then you know, we see that, that uh, the crucifixion took place and the resurrection happened and Jesus is resurrected. And now after the resurrection, this pattern is being developed where, where we see the disciples gather together. Jesus is with them. The scriptures are taught, and they share a meal together. That's a pretty interesting pattern. Now, at this point, this is what I'm hoping is, is happening with some of you, is that you think, I, I know a place like that, 
where whenever you go and get together with other believers, there's a meal, the scriptures are taught, and Jesus is present. You ever, you ever get to a place like that? Ever wonder why? Sometimes I think people just think we like to do meals. And I do like to do meals. I think it's a pretty important thing. But it's, see, see, I have a, I have a thought that this is what church is supposed to look like. People get together and they have a meal and the scriptures are taught and Jesus is with them and things start happening. That's why we do that. And that's, that's what we've been doing and that's what it looks like. So, you know, because a lot of times it's funny. I watch people when they walk in here if they've never been here before and they'll, they'll look around and they'll, and I've had people ask me, I, that's why I put it in the bulletin. Or in somewhere back there. Maybe it isn't a bullet. Is this a church or a restaurant? Because people asked, have, used to ask me that all the time. So I finally just put it in there. I said, well, okay, what do, you, what do you think? But I think if you look at the scripture, there's a, there's a biblical pattern for what takes place and for what happens and for why there's a full-on meal here. Now, the breaking of the bread is significant, and we do that as well in, 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 in the idea of communion but over time, the church has, has sort of made that, um, and, and they said, well, that's what was going on. But what was going on, and I've just read to you almost every situation, they were having a full-blown meal together. They sat down and had a meal together. It was part of what they did. It was part of the early church worship. People sat down and had a meal together. They got together. They ate together. The scriptures were taught, and Jesus was among them. Even, even in, in, you know, the Acts chapter 2 verse, the Lord was adding to those, their number. People were being saved. He was there. And, you know, we already saw in that encounter last week, you know, he showed, once they recognized him, they couldn't see him anymore because it wasn't going to be with your physical eyes you were going to see him now. It was going to be with the eyes of your heart knowing that he was with you because of the scripture saying he would be with you. And so, so then you would get back to, well, why is that such a big deal? At least I hope you might. Why? This is sort of the question. Point three. Here's my understanding of why. That these meals with Jesus are always an opportunity to share the gospel. Point number three, meals with Jesus are an opportunity to share the gospel. So here's what we see is that, that Jesus ate meals with people. And if we routinely share meals with people and have a passion for Jesus, we almost always certainly end up with opportunities to do mission. And it, it's not that, that meals alone save people. People are saved through the gospel. We understand that. But meals create natural opportunities to share the message in a context that resonates very powerfully with, with, the, with the message. There's something about it. There's something about meals with Jesus that prepares people's hearts to respond to the gospel message. Now, I, I think I understand a lot of some of that connection. I want to talk about that next week. But, but see, what I want to talk about now is the, is the message. See, the meals create an opportunity to share the message. There's something about it. And it's more than just there. Just something about it. It's a God thing. That, that he's created, he demonstrated in these things. There's something about a meal that, that we, we might not even be conscious of that opens doors for mission. Luke 24 through 40, uh, 45 through 47. He opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, this is what is written. The Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day and repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. 
There's something about the meal that opens the minds of people to respond to the scripture. It's fascinating, but it's in, it's in the deal. The gospel is what they respond to. Paul elaborates on the gospel message because I always want to make sure you know what the gospel message is. If somebody asks you, what's the gospel? What's the good news? 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 6. It's actually in verse 3 and 4, but let's read it in context. Now, brothers, Paul said, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you've taken your stand. By this gospel you're saved if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you. Otherwise, you believed in vain. Here it goes. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance. Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. He was buried, and then he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. That's the heart of the gospel message. Then he appeared to Peter, and then to the twelve. And after that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. He adds that part so that people can know that the crucifixion was a real event. The resurrection was a real event after the crucifixion, that Jesus Christ defeated death and rose again. And when Paul was writing this, there were hundreds of witnesses who were still alive. People could go and ask somebody if it actually had happened. And, and so there was, there was witnesses, eyewitness testimony, hundreds of eyewitnesses to the fact that Jesus had defeated death and risen. And so, so this was at the heart of the gospel message. Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. He was buried. He was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. You know, Jesus had sort of shared his version of the gospel in those verses. Uh, the Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. Because of that, repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. There's something uh, about a meal with Jesus that opens us up to respond to the gospel. And, and this is, I think, uh, such a fascinating deal for all of us. Because, um, and I'll, I'll say this again next week. See, rather than having to be sort of, you know, really amazing, um, you know, orators and, and able to really wow people, you know, with the things that we say and our, our knowledge and understanding, I, I have the thought that this is pretty much what it has to be. You have to be passionate for Jesus and you have to like to eat. And I think that opens up a whole lot of people to mission. Those are pretty good. I mean, maybe you don't even have to like to eat. You just have to eat. <laughs> but you have to be passionate for Jesus. And that this is what happens. And this is such a big deal um, that we have to understand it. That there's something about it. Um, and, you know, because we, I think it's easy to sort of, some people might even get frustrated about some of the stuff that happens. Uh, and, and I always want to just say, it's just, it's, it opens people up. I don't even fully understand it. I just know there's something in it that, that, that demonstrated itself as a pattern early on um, in the early, early church. And Jesus in their midst, there was something about it. There was something about a meal. There was something about all these concepts, people and in, in followers gathering together, but everybody being invited to the table. Jesus had made sure everybody got it. It wasn't just his disciples at the table, all those meals that we read. It was everybody being invited to the table to come so they could hear the things that Jesus had to say, which is what we're called to now. We're to tell people the things that Jesus had to say. That's what the apostles, you know, they listened to the apostles' teaching. They were teaching the things that Jesus had taught them. And, and as they, there was something about the, the combination of the fellowship and the meal and the, and the scriptures being out and that Jesus was there with them, that people respond to the gospel. And I still think it's, it's true to this day. So I get very excited about that. And it, it sort of, it, it makes all this stuff, to me, worthwhile. Because it's, it's, 
it's what's taking place. It's an opportunity to, to really be the church and, and to um, introduce people to the gospel. And outside of these walls, when you guys are out there, uh, meals are always an opportunity. Always be aware of the fact that, that when you're having a meal with someone, a natural opportunity might arise. You don't have to force it, push it, make it happen. Just be aware of the fact that there's something about it that, that God has put in place that, that your passion for Jesus and, and sitting at a meal will open opportunities over time for mission to let people know about Jesus. It will happen. It's just how it works. It's, he hardwired it into the whole system. I, I think because everybody's got to eat. And so it was just one of those things he, he, he thought was going to make a difference. Next week, I'm going to tie it in because there's some, some really significant stuff about food you may have never seen before. And I'm going to... So this is one of those, it's another cliffhanger. You need to come back next week and hear what I had to say about food and how Jesus, how important it is, how God <laughs> created it and how it all fits together. And that will, next week, we'll wrap up this 15-week series on Meals with Jesus. But I hope it will sort of have answered quite a few questions for you about things that take place and about how this stuff is in the, in the works. So... That's all I have to say about that. If you're watching my video, thank you very much. I'm glad that you did that. If you need prayer, you can go to our website and we will pray for you uh, if you send a prayer request. And we hope you can join us at some point soon. But um, we're going to wrap down this part of the, the message right now.